Welcome to a new episode of the Human Centipod, the only original Human Centipod out there. My name is Fred, and with me I have Jason. Hello, Jason. Hello, Fred. How, how are you doing over there? I'm doing all right. Taking it easy in the few moments you can take things easy. Oh, that's lovely. Lovely. I, I totally agree. The, the snow is falling. It's a winter wonderland out oh, it's there. It's brilliant. I love it. Yeah, it's, it's better than that uh, gray, wet nastiness we, we've had for a couple of months now. Absolutely. And every time it you know, just hammers down like it's been doing for the last couple of days and you put your big winter jacket on and you pull the big hood up with a big fluffy love, you know, it feels like you just stepped right into Carpenter's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, absolutely. Just grow more paranoid than normal. Yeah. I, I revisited a quite underrated thriller a couple of days ago uh, called Detox with Sylvester Stallone, which, which is also set uh, during the winter. And everyone is having these hoods on. So it's so confusing because you have like 10 characters all dressed exactly the same, wandering around in winter storms. Uh, yeah, I kind of feel like that whenever I go out at the moment. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah, but it's fun. It's lighter. If anything else, you know, the snow brings the light, you know, it reflects yes. the little light that we actually get. I, lo I love light. I just want the, come on, summer. Oh, that's the only thing I whine about nowadays. I want summer, spring, <laughs> sun. Oh, I feel, like an, I feel like an old, old man, you know. <laughs> I'm quite fond of this. I quite like, I mean, this is what I like about winter, you know, snow, mm. white, really cold. Mm. I like that. You know, it, I prefer this to like when it just goes grey sludge. Oh, yeah, yeah. Totally agree. Totally agree. We have calculators, rulers, laser scanners, and x-ray machines. But there is no way to determine the actual breaking point of the mind. So we caution you, come prepared. And don't come alone. Rated R. So today we're going to talk about all things underground caves man-made caves usually called mines and yeah this is a very exciting subject for me you know because i love movies that are set in 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 caves and the underground there there is something magical and mystical with it you know and you can yeah, i mean you can I will maybe I will go into it, but you can you can read so much into it if you if you look into the uh, you know symbolism and, and and other pretentious stuff like that. But I, I I like that. I like that. But I think that's you know what what it you know what what draws people to cave movies. You know, there's something immensely primitive about caves. You know, being the first real shelter for primitive man. You know, safe from the elements like. The snow that we're talking about. Uh, it's also like a protection for uh, external threats. And if you ask me where adventure and horror storytelling starts, you know, it's the initial illustrative origins do actually spawn out of caves, you know, because cave paintings that depict giant animals, be it ox, wolves, or, or feline predators, I mean, that's not ancient Instagram moments. That's. Uh, images of you know the horror of life i mean th those paintings are look at these giant fucking monsters that are threatening to kill us out there you know and that's what it is it, it's horror stories and that's as far as i'm concerned where horror stories start 
Yeah, 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 absolutely. You know, one of my favorite documentaries is uh, Werner Herzog's Cave of Forgotten Dreams. Yeah. <laughs> and every time I watch that, I, I watch it so many times. And I, I can't even imagine how scary it was to go in there as a, as a cave dweller oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. with some fire and looking at these terrifying images on the walls. And oh, yeah. For some reason, put your hand on the wall also, I guess, you know, as a, I don't know why they do that. But, yeah, you know, or lick it. <laughs> yeah, lick it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I get it, you know, it's, it's uh, primitive. It's super primitive and oh, yeah. that's so, it's raw, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's a psychological aspect to to caves as well. You know, the dark, the dense air, the claustrophobic reality of being in an enclosure. You know, there's limited light, limited space to move. You know, there's always a little bubbling anxiety of emotions because you can't escape. And, you know, obviously there's the possibility of dust, water, spiders, or even monsters. <laughs> Or even monsters, yes, <laughs> they're all there, and I, I mean, I, I guess you can also say it's it's a part of you know entering a cave, diving deep down into the unknown is also a dive into our own subconsciousness, you know, yeah, uh, and all the demons that live there, and oh, yeah. Uh, oh I, I, oh yeah, you know, I get so triggered when I talk about it. I will have a. <laughs> I, I will only watch cave movies this weekend, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's good. It's, it's fun because there's an interesting thing there about, you know, us watching cave movies and talking about cave movies. If you just want to lean into a bit of pretentiousness here, uh, Plato's Cave, the theory of Plato's Cave, you know, which is all about us being chained together. There's a fire in front of us and in front of the fires there's a screen and there's people, you know, doing puppet shows in between us and the fire to give, like, moving images on this cave wall slash screen, which we watching it are supposed to believe as reality, well, you know, which is basically cinema. And that's, you know, where stuff like The Matrix, Cube and Dark City all find their inspiration, you know. The the reflection images that we believe is real, if we're all... like deep philosophical wankery. Yeah, it's all assimilation, <laughs> man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't trust oh. anything. <laughs> yes. But yeah, I mean, caves do, you know, they could hide anything. And caves are, as you said, like metaphors and you can read everything into them and like going into our subconscious. And caves are also like, you know, the home of evil or hell, even portals to hell. I mean, Coffin Joe made several movies where he found himself in caves in the final last reel being, you know, representations of hell. Uh, Nobuo Nakagawa's Stella Jigoku from 1960 has a superb lengthy cave slash hell segment. And you know, perhaps it's not all that surprising because you could look into Dante Algieri's La Vina Commedia, which is you know this epic work written in the 14th century telling of Dante being led deeper and deeper through caves and further and further down through hell, purgatory and finally heaven, which is basically the dramatic structure of the most cave horror films. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And it's also where, you know, the phrase abandon hope all ye who enter here originates from, which is also like a trope of cave dwelling films. You know, there's always something that they'll read before they go in, often at least. Yeah, you know, I think uh, I, 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 uh, what springs to mind right now is uh, um, um, As Above, So Below, specifically the movie, yeah. of course. Yeah, yeah. that uh, <clears throat> really goes into the uh, occult aspect of this. Um, I mean, uh, yeah, there's so many. You know, I, I, I oh, it, you know, the, <laughs> the descent feels 
for me like the uh, ultimate uh, ultimate uh, use of a cave and mm. the hell that is down there you know dealing with your own shadow figures and you know it's off yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But if we just return to La Divina Commedia for 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 a brief while, and it's interesting because this ancient work was adapted for the screen as L'Inferno in 1911, and it was Italy's first feature length film. I think it's actually very, you can you can see this film on on YouTube, and I would recommend anybody who hasn't seen it to do so because it's a sensational little piece of film. It's got some great set pieces. It's got loads of special effects, you know, like old trick photography, and a surprisingly large cast has some fantastic demons and monsters, and obviously wouldn't be Italian without some nudity. So yeah, it's 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 a rather spectacular piece. But cinematically, my best suggestion for the first cave dwelling piece of film would have to be signed up by the maestro, you know, the father of all fantastic film, Georges Méliès. In uh, 1898, that's 123 years ago, he made a short film called The Cave of Demons. And obviously this was all shot in his backyard on his Montreux studio. And The Cave of Demons tells the tale of a young maiden who's out during a walk and she stumbles over a cave, which she obviously enters. You know, why not? <laughs> That's what people do in these films. <laughs> and inside this cave, she, you know, she finds uh, skeletons and ghosts of people who've died in the cave. You know, so it's like a cave horror film. Unfortunately, this film is, you know, lost to time, as many other f- films from early cinema. Uh, hopefully it will turn up at one point or another, because it, it sounds really interesting reading about it. Unless Melius incinerated it during his infamous rage meltdown of 1923, that is. The legendary. I mean, what happened? He just destroyed everything? The short version runs something along the tracks of this. that In the beginning of his career, Melius was really fascinated by stage magic. And there was one performer called Robert Houdin that he really, really admired. And this was sometime in the 1880s. And the tricks that Robert Houdin performed on stage were the same kind of tricks that Méliès later would perform on, on film and, you know, and create this fantastic genre through his innovations of trick photography. Méliès was so fascinated by, by Houdin that he actually bought the Robert Houdin Theatre some time later, which would then become one of the world's first cinemas. Because this is where he screened films that he produced and directed and wrote and edited and everything he was doing under his production company called Star Film Company. Fast forward to the First World War. Uh, the Theatre Robert Houdin was shut down. Uh, Melier left Paris for a bunch of years, obviously, because of the war. But after the war, the, the Robert Houdin Theatre was unfortunately demolished in a huge project to rebuild Paris, and specifically the Boulevard, Boulevard Haussmann which this theatre was on. But along with this theatre being uh, torn down, Pate took over Star Films Companies and Melies Montreal Studio. And that led him to such a rage that he took all of the original negatives that he had archived at Montreal and threw them on a, a huge fucking fire and just torched the lot, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's extreme. It is yeah, extreme. Yeah, yeah. But, it, yeah. but it's also, you know, at, at the same time, it, it, it tells a lot about him, you know, this impulsivity, you know, that's probably where his creative genius came from. Like, ah, oh, yeah, but if I do yeah. this, if I do that, I'll do that. Right, fuck you guys. You're not having my films. <laughs> it's, you know, amazing. <laughs> 
so you mean that that didn't like uh, Thomas Edison stole a lot of his films and released them himself, like he bootlegged them? I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be yeah. surprised. So in one way, we can thank that asshole Edison for bootlegging Melier's movies, so uh, a bunch of them survived at least. You could definitely look at it that, yeah. I mean, bootleg. Uh, I've yeah. always been a fan of bootlegging. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm not defending Edison here, you know. I, <laughs> no, no, you're defending uh, but, bootlegging, which is fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, yeah, exactly. Yeah, because sometimes it's needed. Yeah, you know, that's the gateway. That's how survive. we found all of the films we found when we were growing up through oh, bootlegs, obviously. Yeah, yeah, you know, you know, I saw some of my first Italian horrors on a uh, on a bootleg uh, gray VHS company called Bahrain Video. Mm. Rem- remember them? Yeah. Legendary yeah, stuff. Weird, you know. weird stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so. Uh, yeah. So, anyhow, uh, Milies and his rage, and he torched a lot of stuff. Uh, Cave of Demons is, you know, considered to be one of, if not the first ever horror film. And it's a cave horror film which we are diving into today. Hi, I'm Mike Wallace with a sensational shortening discovery for better baking and frying. It's Procter & Gamble's Golden Fluffo, the first all-new shortening in 40 years. It's rich. Its color is golden yellow. And what a pie it makes. Richer looking, better tasting, more appetizing. I think that you would have to say that the peak of cave-driven horror must be 2005. I think there was about four films released that year. Uh, there was The Cave, The Cavern. And, of course, Neil Marshall's The Descent. I can't recall the fourth one right now. It will pop up eventually, like half an hour after we've finished this. <laughs> yeah, it was a good year. Definitely a good year. I, I think there was one made for, like, sci-fi channel also, uh, where they go down in a cave with this giant bug down there. <laughs> it's a good one. It's a really good one. Yeah, I can't remember the title, of course, but it's probably, like... Uh, Descent into darkness or something. Probably, like yeah, like a little spin on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just use that well-known title and add. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's it's hard to talk about cave horror without commenting on just how fucking great the descent actually is. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's without a doubt the scariest fucking movie I've ever seen in a cinema. It's one of those few movies where the audience screamed mm. of horror. And I've never experienced it before or since then, to be honest. This, you know, it was a, such a revelation mm. seeing this movie together with the audience inside a cave, mm. a cinema, of course, <laughs> not the cave itself, but it, it feels Plato's like you're sitting in. Yeah, Plato's, yeah exactly. Uh, it's it's like uh, and I still think it holds up extremely well. I don't think it has aged one moment. No, actually, no, it's it's really really good. I mean that it's. I mean, my wife's not a big fan of horror films. Ironically, she loves true crime, which if you just like step twenty years back in time, you and I were like the freaks because we were into true crime and we we're reading true crime books, and people were like, "Oh, you're sick in the fucking head." <laughs> And then all of a sudden, everybody's <laughs> watching mutilated corpses on Netflix and whoa, listening to podcasts and whoa, buying T-shirts with slogans on. It's so fucking bizarre. All of a sudden, we are the, like the normal ones. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the, 
the descent is you know, you know like i said it's such a fucking stellar movie you know it circles in all those things we mentioned earlier about dark and claustrophobic and nowhere to go along with you know the, the stellar script that marshall wrote for this which puts like human conflict and human emotions in the midst of all of this cave terror and you know at the same time we've got these cave monsters that are hunting and devouring the female explorers trapped in this cave. It's excellent stuff. The sequel, not so excellent. No, I mean, it's... Uh, I enjoy the sequel, I do, mm. but it's a stupid, stupid yeah. movie. You know, it's like, it has none of that uh, emotional power no, no. and intelligence as the first yeah. one. The first one, I mean, I think it... Okay, it has a cool cave, it has cool creatures, but it also have so well written characters mm, mm. you know you care about yeah, them yeah. or you understand them at least you you and when you realize that they've done gone down an unknown cave and they you know you you, you at least me every time i'm watching the movie i'm sitting there and i'm just i get this sense of dread yeah. of doom because i know they're yeah. fucking doomed yeah. now yeah and that's exactly what happened when my wife and I tried to watch it, you know, early on in the film. And actually, you know, when they pass through this narrow little channel to get into the, the major cave, it starts to, to cave in. I mean, she just said, right, that's it. I'm out. <laughs> she wasn't having it. She didn't even see the monsters. They just a claustrophobia got to her. So she's like, right, that's it. <laughs> but actually, we could we could actually uh, question Marshall's story. I mean, I would say the storytelling and the, the way he goes about his story is excellent but we could actually challenge his story because it's basically a reworking of Lovecraft's 1918 short story The Beast in the Cave which tells the story of a man getting lost in a cave encountering strange pale creature which then turns out to be a, a mutated man who's adapted to living in the dark after getting lost eight years ago if you're going to bring that up I, I should you know bring up Deathline mm. The, the British horror, which is set in the in the subways of London, yeah. where someone got stuck there like yeah. <laughs> years ago, mutated, became a cannibal. Yeah. And, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a good story. Yeah, it is a good know, story. It's in, a in, good in, film as well. Excellent. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we will we will obviously give Marshall credit for you know, bringing the modern feminist spin to it. And it's certainly an emotional spin because it is it is quite emotional as well. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And, and I also think it's cool that i mean it toys a little little bit with you know cam footage because they have mm. a video camera yeah yeah, yeah, yeah and, that's right uh, yeah and kind of also makes one of the scariest found footage scenes ever without being a found footage mm. movie you know when they turn around no they turn yeah they turn around and this damn creature mm -hmm. sitting there hissing to them it's still uh, it's it's for me. It's up there with the decapitated head in in the first Jaws. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the, oh, yeah. You know, where the head pops out. You know, it still gets me every time. Oh, yeah. Then I, I think they kind of sold out when they did the American ending, which is some kind of semi-happy ending, uh, which yeah. of course led to the sequel. But wasn't the case that they actually the ending is that she gets out, but then actually wakes up still in the cave. That's the original ending, right? That's the original ending. Yeah, and yeah. then when they went back to do the sequel, she never actually was still in the cave. They just picked up when she was out of the cave, in the car. Yeah, because yeah. The, the American edit of the movie skips that she's back in the cave. She just come back oh, right. up through the moss there, and, you know, and uh, it's kind of this uh, Texas Chainsaw ending. Yeah. She runs out on the road there, mm -hmm. and uh, mm -hmm. 
there's a scare and she she's you know mm, typical fucking uh, happy ending americans yeah you know it, it's it's not needed you know and you can see that on the sequel of course yeah. but uh, the worst thing with the sequel is except it's very badly written is that it has a sheriff in who's so stupid that he doesn't know that he shouldn't shoot guns down in an unexplored cave <laughs> He waves that gun all the time. He shoots. Of course, they're gonna get fucked. Oh yeah. You know, it's and and it's that character is a good actor, but I I I like every time I watch it, I feel like, hey, they, you know, they could have solved that some other way. He didn't need to have a, you know, it's so yeah. Oh, it's so stupid. I'm almost getting pissed off. Did Marshall write like, that one? I, I no, I don't think so. I think he probably was some kind of producer yeah. in the background yeah. Yeah, somewhere. Probably. I don't it's not his style of writing you know no. uh, but wasn't it the cine- cinematographer of the first movie who directed the second movie or like the editor of the first movie something like yeah, that yeah it sounds familiar yeah and 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 neil marcia st- stepped back a little bit and let them do their stuff and kind of left open to a third part that never would happen yeah you know? so thank I, god uh, maybe well, you know, I, I like direct-to-video sequels. I mean, <laughs> yeah, like, you do. Secretly, yeah, yeah, I'm kind of hoping one day that they they realize, oh, we have the rights to this movie. Let's, you know, let's shoot a quickie here. And <laughs> yeah, because quick, yeah, yeah, it could be interesting. Let's see what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, like <laughs> I mean, it is, it is, it is a landmark, definitely, and needs to be talked about in this context. And I mean, I do. Uh, uh, to my wife's great disliking, uh, I do a bit of amateur spelunking myself. There is something really fascinating about right being in the woods. You find a fucking hole in the ground and climbing into it, seeing where it goes. Yeah, <laughs> I I know because you send me photos from time to time, <laughs> and you're down in the darkness and. Uh... But it's good, at least, because because if you ever disappear, we will know probably in which area. Sure. Yeah, least, it's good. Which, it's true. Yeah, yeah. which county will look yeah. for you? Uh, <laughs> no, 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 that won't happen. You know, Jason, I've been in caves too, actually. Yeah, I I've know you in, have a cave yeah. story. I was hoping to lure that one out of you. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, it was in 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 Thailand. We were out bicycling down in the Kanom district. We saw a sign saying like "cave," so okay, we took the bikes up there. Uh, there was like a, a iron fence door to the cave and it was locked but there was a little message saying you can go and get the key to the cave down in the village so my friend went I've down seen this film <laughs> yeah <laughs> and came back with the key we opened the cave of course the, the the they had some lights in there but it didn't work of course and we start crawling into this cave deeper and deeper pitch black we only have like you know flashlights and suddenly i realized you had these spiders big you know big as my hand everywhere and i have a blurry photo of them and we came to a very 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 narrow passage and i said you know i was sweating i was you know i was in panic sweating i said i can't go further so i had to just crawl back uh, and wait outside the cave. I was scared to death, uh, but it was fun. It's it, of course it's it a, is. A, it's a, yeah, it's, it's, it's silly adrenaline. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I also was down in some of the lava caves in the Aokigahara forest in Japan mm-hmm. uh, by the Fuji Fuji Mount mm-hmm. Fuji. 
but they were more touristy yeah. and more more. Uh, but you still had to crawl a little bit and stuff like that. But cool. it's scary. There is something I've seen too many movies to know that it's don't go too deep inside, you know, or at least uh, leave a note outside or call someone. I'm going in to this dangerous cave, you know. Yeah. So come and get. Yeah, me. you have to be safe. You have to be safe. Yeah, but uh, but uh, your adventures, like holy holy shit, you know. One day, maybe you can bring me to one of those caves and I might go down it. We'll see. I definitely will, uh, because there is one that we have explored a couple of times, my youngest kid and I, obviously, I have to take a kid with me. <laughs> and I think that's the biggest f- fear of going down to them. You know, I'm, I'm never, you know, you never think there's monsters in the cave. I never, I've never actually believed that there's going to be monsters. But I mean, the thing that you worry about is, you know, if something goes wrong if i get hurt or if i get stuck you know ends up becoming borderlands oh yeah oh yeah that's a yeah that's a scary one Mm. yeah and that's you know that well that's that's what lies at the back of your head but i mean there there is a couple that i have we have been back to and pushed further and further in and there's one which we actually found that there is a a second chamber down below so you have to actually go down four meters so we just climb down on on the ropes that we bring with us and I'd love to take you into one of them one of these days. And they're, they're, yeah. they're quite accessible. <laughs> Secretly placed, but accessible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, I'm... I'm uh, I, uh, yeah, okay, okay. I will I will uh, challenge myself to we'll do, do this that. sometime. When it's warm, yeah, not yeah. now, in the winter. No, 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 no ice <laughs> and stuff, you know. Because no, no, we would get stuck. <laughs> yeah. No, don't say that, man. <laughs> okay, if we get stuck, I will eat you anyway, yeah. so I can survive. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> You know, mentioning getting stuck in caves like that, uh, I watched, I rewatched a terrifying movie the other day. It's a Spanish movie called In Darkness We Fall. Mm. You know, there's no monsters in it except humans. Mm. There's no supernatural things, but I would... I would dare to say it's one of the best cave movies out there, you know. Yeah. I find it, like I said, terrifying. I mean, you, of course, watched it also. Yeah, it's, I, I, I love it. Yeah, it's, it's just so real. And that's what I find so, you know, scary about it. Because it, compared to, like, The Descent, at some, at some level, you know, you can watch The Descent, you could be, you can fall into the jump scares, but it's still, like, monsters in a cave. But in darkness we fall. It's not. It's like it's a group group of friends, and when panic starts falling in, when they realise that they're actually stuck in this cave, you know, it's just how the evil of mankind takes over, and the, like the, the selfishness and the the paranoia. I find the creepiest thing, one of the creepiest things with it, that it starts with shots of their abandoned tents mm. and. Uh, you know, things left on the beach, and you kind of knows from there <laughs> where this will go. And because that's also something you can relate to, mm. because you, you, we, we've all read stories that you find someone's abandoned tent or stuff somewhere, and they suspect they, you know, get stuck mm. somewhere, and you, you suddenly you build this whole story around it without knowing anything, and here you will know everything, and it's. <laughs> it's yeah, it's, oh, it's, it's crap. It's, it's a heavy film. Yeah, it's a, just so fucking bleak and grim and harrowing in so many ways. Mm-hmm. I know that it was one of these, you know, one of these by chance watches when it was released. It was like, oh, Spanish films usually like them. Let's watch this. And I was just more or less floored by it. 
And I think it's like you said before, the thing that makes it so powerful is that there is no supernatural element at all. It's just humans doing stupid shit and making bad decisions. If anything else, you know, it should be like the, a huge warning piece to anybody into spelunking. <clears throat> it's, you, know, you, could, you could call it the jaws of uh, cave movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. It also looks to me that they actually shot it in a real cave. I mean, the the descent, obviously, uh, not obviously, it's shot in, in sets, mm -hmm. part in sets, but it, this looks so realistic also, mm. you know, it feels a little bit like Blair Witch yeah. in that, that they just let them inside and do your improvising, you know, mm. you can get out from this cave in uh, one week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, but it's 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 a found footage film, isn't it? Or found footage. Yeah, it's, it's a found footage. Yeah. I, yeah, I would say it's one of the one of the best in the genre. Mm. You know, it's uh, uh, it has a you know a little bit in the beginning where you see the shots of the abandoned stuff that's not, not found footage, but the rest is like uh, they're filming all the time, yeah. basically. And you kind of buy it also because the one of the weakest things with found footage movies is why are they keep filming yeah. <laughs> even if they're about to die mm. you know why why but i i don't think they bring it up really they just do it yeah. and it it works because the acting and and the tension is so strong anyway oh, yeah i think one that you know that i like uh specifically cave cave cavey horror perhaps not as realistic as uh, descent or in darkness we fall it's uh, Alien 2 on Earth, Chiro Ippolito's <laughs> Italian sci-fi <laughs> goofiness. Love that one. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's an unofficial by name only sequel to Ridley Scott's Alien, and this time the monster is on Earth. Like the title says. Like the title says. <laughs> <It's, it's, laughs> no shenanigans <laughs> there. <laughs> and again, it's just a bunch of mates who meet up to explore a cave, and uh, they do this while the world is awaiting the return of these astronauts from a mission deep, deep into space, which could be the connection to Alien that they're looking for. I don't know. Mm. But anyhow, before they get into the cave, one bloke finds a blue rock, which he sticks in his backpack, which sounds like, you know, brilliant, take a rock into a cave, why don't you? <laughs> <laughs> and down in, the, down in the cave, this stone starts pulsating, and then before you know it, people are getting their faces and heads ripped off. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, uh, it's that one is actually shot in, in a real yeah, cave yeah. Uh, in, in Italy. Yeah. Um, I don't remember the name of the cave, but it's possible to visit, you mm. know, guided tours mm. and you can walk through it and everything. And that's one of my secret dreams to go to Italy and visit that. Oh, cave, yeah. Just to, oh, yeah. To, the, the shrine of Alien 2 <laughs> on Earth. I really hope they have some kind of exhibition there, you know. Oh, that would be awesome. I mean, if I, was, <laughs> if I was working there, I would make sure there was an exhibition. It would be brilliant. You, know? yes. <laughs> you just need like Michaela Suave's bloody helmet and a torch and a blue stone and you're off. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Alien 2 is a quite cheesy movie, but it also, I mean, I would say it's very ambitious for being a cheap Italian movie from the time. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, I mean, the, the, the setup itself and the climbing and mm. the visuals and, and gore for that sake. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's something special, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's one of I haven't seen it for a while. I think this this might be the movie I watched this weekend. Ooh, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> but then when you get to the alien monster, just you know, just remember it's Italian because the alien monster is a completely different discussion. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's some it's something special. I remember once I was in San Diego. This was partly shot in San Diego, and I was like looking after this uh, bowling hall they use at the end, you know, or mm -hmm. the, the the locations for the the eerie last shots when the, they come to this deserted city. But I, yeah, I couldn't find anything anyway. So mm. you know, but at least I've been in the same town. Cool. No, I don't know if that's so cool, but well, of course it is. But There's it's, always something cool about finding movie locations. I mean, I've, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've dragged my family around so many movie locations and so many hours just looking for. Oh, look! This is that shot. I mean, one summer on Gotland, <laughs> we end up the four. I can't remember if it's four or Gotland. I think it's four. Where Tarkovsky shot the, the sacrifice. Because mm -hmm. there's the you know it mimics the Bergman scene from Virgin Spring when Max shakes the street, looking completely like in Tarkovsky was so brilliant to capture this like image of total nothingness mm. and solitude, and there's like this one tree which is very characteristic. I think it was on the movie post as well, and we just spent hours driving around looking for this fucking tree, <laughs> and eventually they just said, "Right, idiot, get in the car. We're going back there." Hotel. <laughs> Well, I was uh, fanboying when I was in 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 Turin because they shot deep yeah, red yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 you know, I, you have to. Yeah, you, you do. You, you have to. You got to. You have to. I, I, I'm, I'm even. You know, I, I, I happen to like Danny Boyle's Sunshine a lot. Yeah. I think it's a great picture. And the last shot is in here in Stockholm. Yeah, that, yeah, that. And every time I go there, I need to take a selfie with yeah. these uh, uh, <laughs> statues in the background. I say, here's Danny Boyle's sunshine. It's the last shot. Yeah, which you do. I hope it, which you yeah, yeah. I mean, I, we did, I did the same when we went to, to we did a, a, a couple of weeks in, in Asia, like five years ago. <laughs> but I still managed to you know, drag them out of Kuala Lumpur, out into the countryside to where the Batu Caves are. Because uh, Diodato shot... I think it was Ultimo Mondo Cannibale there in one of the side caves. So it was like, this, look at this, lads. This is where Ruggiero did after. And they're like, yeah, can we have a lolly? <laughs> so that's the fun thing about being a fanboy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you, you have to embrace it sometimes. Absolutely. Prepare yourself for paralyzing shocks. Gruesome horror. Terrifying suspense. Unsurpassed terror runs amuck as a mindless, misspawned abomination from outer space is unleashed upon an unsuspecting world. Humanity seems powerless to stop it. Alien terror. If you see this movie alone in your lounge room, you may never be the same again. Also... You know, we have all these caves and mines and, you know, I adore that stuff. But because, like I said, or we said it's so primitive, you know, uh, you have the strangeness, which I think yeah. is an awesome regional horror movie yeah, from yeah, the yeah. 80s. That's it. Uh, and I, I recently rewatched it mm. and I actually found it, believe it or not, pretty creepy sometimes when this giant vagina monster comes flubbering around in the darkness towards them <laughs> uh, for those who haven't seen it it kind of looks like a, a vagina according to some this it's a cool monster anyway um, but it's a it's a it's a sheep and ambitious movie and it looks great i think yeah. uh, uh, 
Uh, and every what I learned, this whole cave is built like in the garage of you know uh, the, the, the director's mother or something, and it looks pretty good for being you know made with so little money. Oh yeah, they act, yeah they actually shot the entrance of the cave at a real cave, mm -hmm. and they told that a couple of you know years later someone went into the cave, uh, a group of people, and died <laughs> of some kind of poisoning down there, some no gases or something. Yeah, yeah so it's. Could have been dangerous huh. for them. I have to agree with you completely there because I think it's absolutely amazing. It's been one of these films that's been on my want to rewatch lists for ages. You know, just like the, as you said, the atmosphere is absolutely stellar in it, and it's you know it's got this kind of low budget slow burn that I really really love, and the stop motion monster and the John Carpenter esque score. Now it's it's I I'm totally in line with that. That's a true gem of American backyardia. But then we have those underground movies that goes outside, <laughs> not outside, literally outside, but <laughs> it goes to un other underground environments, not just caves and mines. And I, I happen to enjoy them a lot. Mm. You know, I mean, we, we mentioned Deathline before, which is an awesome movie, dark and gritty and gory and quite disturbing, actually. Yeah, especially for being from the 70s. Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those movies that came, you know, when Hammer was fading out mm. and everything became a little bit more nasty, mm. I would say. Mm. Hammer could be nasty also, but this is, takes it one step further. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and I have a great cameo by Christopher Lee also. He's standing in a corner talking with this dark voice in like one scene, I think, <laughs> something like that. Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah. But I have two top horror films that set underground. The first one is a Canadian movie directed by Maurice Devereaux, which I mentioned somewhere else. It sounds like a Jean-Claude Van Damme character. But <laughs> anyway, uh, and it's shot by Karim Hussein. Mm -hmm. It's called End of the Line, which is, uh, is uh, we follow a, a bunch of people getting stuck down in the subways when a crazy religious sect starts to kill them with big, big knives because they think the rapture is coming. I don't know if you, have you seen that Yes, one? I actually uh, do believe uh, I have. When I watched it now, I, I also felt that this is actually a very, very, strong movie it's hmm. it's so well written that they once again it's used to you know it's made with very little money hmm. but it looks so good and it also for us who appreciate a little bit of bloodshed it has a lot of bloodshed you know and uh, uh, it's one of those movies i feel it's got it always have gone under the radar yeah when when people you know it's like I, for one, can't understand why not more people are talking about it because for me, it's it's like, it's 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 a great film. You know? Yeah, cool. It's a great film. Well, I mean, that's that's the thing as, again, and that's what we often stumble over. You know, I mean, it doesn't really budget doesn't really fall into the stuff that we appreciate. I mean, what it, what we appreciate is like the storytelling and the atmosphere, and that gets you a hell of a long way. I mean, just to retrack a little bit uh, to The Strangeness, which was directed by David Michael Hillman, who then later transitioned to Melanie Ann Phillips. I think the reason that The Strangeness works is because the storytelling is quite solid, even if it's, you know, occasionally kind of goofy. And Marianne Phillips now works with story structure writing tutorials, and she runs a large mm -hmm. resource called Dramaticopedia. So you can laugh as much as you want as a cheap film like the strangeness, but I mean, we love it because of the story of it and the way it's told. 
and I would say that Melina Phillips perhaps contributes more to horror and storytelling than others which have been elevated to iconic statues. Yeah. She's definitely one of my hidden idols of American cinema because, you know, somebody who still works with storytelling so many years after The Strangeness and is doing it passionately, you know, that, that's why The Strangeness still works for me because, you know, it's such a solid story. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, it for sure works, you know. Um, it's uh, I think you should, you know, you know, Tad i kragen, as you say in, in Sweden, and, and uh, give it a revisit soon, you know. It's, uh, it definitely will be. I think it will be going on this weekend. Good. I, re- I remember that we actually re- reenacted uh, <laughs> caves, cave situations once during a geek end where we just pulled a tarp over like a, a shower curtain and a shower railing and then put red lights in it and yes. pose for silly Instagram photographs. That's true. And it looked like a cave. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you know, it's small means, you know, and a lot of imagination. Oh, yeah. Strangeness uh, too. Yes, yes. <laughs> Unauthorized. Another one I adore, and, uh, and this one is called The Tunnel. It's an Australian found mm. footage movie slash mockumentary where they, you know, they need to do something about all the underground facilities uh, under, I don't know which town it is, if it's Sydney or something else. And of course, they find that something is living down there, Mm. some dark beings. And uh, obviously also shot on location. I don't know if they have had permission to do it or not, but it, it gives such a realistic atmosphere i mean as above so below is also shot down in the catacombs uh, yeah uh, for real uh which it brings so much to the story and it because everything is dirty and dangerous Mm -hmm. for real it also Mm -hmm. you can feel it you can Mm -hmm. feel it when you watch it so the tunnel is one of those found footage movies which i always recommend you know watch it because it's it's pretty scary actually i don't think i've seen that one so i'll have to go up on the list as well yeah, it's a good one. I remember on one of our trips to Germany, I was happy to find it on Blu-ray. But it's, mm-hmm. uh, it, I think it was originally shot to be released for free on like YouTube or something mm-hmm. like that. So it's possibly it's it's there, hmm. still there. But I, I I I wanted that Blu-ray because I wanted to own a physical copy of it. You know, you know, I'm a hoarder. Like, mm. you know, aren't we all? You know, want to own stuff. We're like yeah. dogs. You want to eat stuff just to own it, basically. <laughs> I feel I need to re re track and also you know just say something about as above as below because it's it's popped up twice now uh, during our discussion and. Paradoxically, I often say that I'm not much of a fan footage fan, uh, but then you know, we always end up talking about fan footage films that we like. I mean, uh, in Darkness We Fall, we've just said that stock footage, and uh, as above, as below is down, found footage E, I would say. But what I really, I really, really like that film. Actually, I would, I would actually put it on par with Blair Witch because of its intensity. It's really, 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 you know, good. You know, goofy occasionally, but it's really, really good. And it does literally echo Dante's Inferno, like I said initially here, and you know, the, the characters go from the, the Paris catacombs and, and into this underworld cave system, only to find that, you know, when you go too far, weird shit happens, and it's it's a great ride. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, I, I, I think we definitely should put, you know, as above, as below in this little context, because it's, I love it. Have you seen that allegedly real found footage 
uh, from the Paris Paris catacombs. Uh, it's like a, yeah, it's like I, I once found a, like complete 40, uh, 20, 40 minutes or whatever of a man who's lost obviously down in the catacombs and something starts chasing him or you don't see what it is, but he gets more and more panic. He mm -hmm. runs, he leaves the camera, runs into the darkness and they never identified him. Uh, <laughs> and they made a, a, like a, some kind of documentary around it like 20 years ago, mm -hmm. um, which is on YouTube. So you see, you can see some, some clips from it there. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I looked into it a little bit and uh, I've been trying to trace the, the, the guy who delivered the footage, who, who got his hands on the footage because he's in the documentary, but yeah. I haven't been able. I, my guess is that it is a hoax, mm -hmm. but it's never been confirmed in any way. You know, there's never been something official that this is fake, yeah. you know. Uh, but it's actually a pretty scary little, uh, it's scary footage, you know, and it feels even more real because there's no, there's never been this Oh, it was just a joke. You know, mm. we just had some fun and wanted to earn some money. It's never been anything like that. Hmm. Um, uh, yeah, I, I'm familiar with it, but I've not, I've not seen the documentary. Uh, I'll have to look into that. Yeah. Because you know, it's one of these things, you know, you, it turns up like clickbait, like real footage of a man lost in uh, blah, 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 and stop watching it. And it, you have to really want to watch it because a lot of it is just like, goes on and goes on and yeah. goes on and goes on. And then he starts letting, you know, starts hearing the sounds, which is, you know, again, that's the way you have to make things work. You can't just jump in head first and start scaring people, uh, which is, again, as in, as above, as below, which starts in a realistic setting, the Paris catacombs, to take it into, like, another realm. Mm -hmm. You know, the same with, like, the, the descent. You know, it starts in... A, a real believable world and it just slowly gradually goes into this horror realm and that's when horror works best in my opinion and that's why found footage works to the extent it does you know it sets us in like a real world where this is believable and it just slowly shakes you into horror land mm -hmm. you mentioned the uh, uh, borderlands before and mm. i wouldn't say it's a it's a cave movie but that's a, a, a part down in the mm. underground which I also think is one of the most disturbing, oh, yeah. uh, disturbing parts of any movie out there. Mm. You know, I, I rarely watch that movie because I know where it leads and I <laughs> find it too much for me. You yeah. know, it's not that it's overly graphic or anything. It's just, it's just a, such a twisted, sick idea, you know, and I, oh, yeah. you know, no, no, I, I, no. Damn good movie also. I I would say it's one of my favorite found footage movies. Yeah. Is, is this a found footage episode suddenly, by the way? Yeah, it's, 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 it's evolving <laughs> into that. Yeah. Again, but that's how it works. You know, you start with something believable and then you bring people into found footage. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. We're tricky that way, you know. <laughs> Aha, clickbait. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this, it's the same with, it's like you were mentioning, it, it's it's the same with, you know, underground movies, subway movies. And it's, it, I think it's because, you know, it's it's the step between, I mean, we, at least people who, like us who live in, in larger cities, where there is a subway, you know, you're always in the subway. Are you occasionally in the subway? Right now, nobody's ever anywhere except in front of the computer screens. Uh, but it's, it's believable because, you know, if you're in the subway late at night and you perhaps are there 
alone or very few people you know it it's 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 you can imagine yourself getting onto the tracks and you know seeing what else is out there what's behind there and i think it's where films like you know uh, chinya sukamoto made a film called maribito in 2004 i think it's one of his lesser known movies actually uh where he does just that you know he, he has his his, his it's probably a found footage film when I think about it. <laughs> yeah, he has his he has his video cam when he decides to find out what happens to the spirits and the ghosts of people who die in the subway and he starts looking for them in the subway system. I haven't seen this one. I need to see it now, I feel. Uh sounds right up my alley. But I've heard the title, of course. You know, I'm you know, I'm I'm not a fool here, but mm. uh, maybe maybe I stayed away from it because I watched so much Japanese horror for a while so I got yeah. tired of all the you know long-haired girls crawling around behind yeah, the bathtubs or whatever yeah 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 so yeah absolutely yeah. Uh, but I think my favorite underground dweller would have to be the Phantom of the Opera you know Robert Julian's 1925 adaption which still surpasses anything that was made after it and the level of innovation in this piece is so often forgotten, you know, again, tying this back to our initial discussion on, on Melies. I mean, you, you know, you say Phantom of the Opera from 1925 and people will think, oh, yeah, all black and white, dusty film, yawn. But I mean, the level of innovation in this film, you know, it's just stunning because, yes, it is shot in 1925. Yes, it is black and white. But yet the, the Bal mask sequence where you have this iconic image of him in the in the big big suit he has with the big hat and this big skeleton mask. I mean, all of this was originally shot in colour. You know, it was like a very early uh, colour system used to film that. And it was like, there was like something of 17 minutes of colour in this piece. Yeah. And I mean, for me, that is really, really, you know, again, showing that genre film, you know, horror genre often does drive innovations in film technology really yeah now i never i didn't know this you know yeah. this is something i need to look into yeah i mean it, it looks almost like it's it's being hand-painted but I, I understand it to actually have been like a very very primitive color system that they used to capture that cool okay thank you i've learned something new today here so we always <laughs> learn something new in these yeah, discussions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes <laughs> and then obviously we shouldn't forget Werner herzog's Cave of Forgotten Dreams. Yeah, yeah not, not a horror movie, but, you know, still a masterpiece uh, taking every possible angle at analysing the fascination of caves in a way that only Werner Herzog could do. Yeah, I would say it takes every angle except the act actual, you know... You know the the archaeological angle. You know the people are smelling the caves, or they they trying out these spears or mm, whatever. Mm. You know it, it's so much from now. There's archaeology in it, of course, also. But but uh, uh, I absolutely love it. I, I've seen it so many times. I had to take a break from it because I, <laughs> you know, when you've seen a movie too many times, you you kind of. You know, you feel, I feel it, at least I need to step back. Yeah. Except, except with Nightmare City, of course. <laughs> but, but it's, it's, it's such a magical piece of documentary. Yeah. Uh, and it's also, I get overwhelmed by the idea that people did this once upon a time. You know, it's, it's the, the thought is almost too big for me mm. that, that they actually created this interior of the cave that they they came there to worship or to be scared or to whatever they did there uh, it's like uh it's 
it's like science fiction mm -hmm. <laughs> in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Primitive science fiction. Pri primitive science fiction. Yeah, yeah. and I, I mean, I've, I've, like, like you mentioned before, it's, it's a, it's a form of theater. It's cinema, mm. and just the idea I think they put forth in in the documentary that the the fire itself, the light from the fire, would make the 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 creatures on the walls move. Mm. They will give them movement. Mm. It's so poetic and it's so amazing and it's still lives on today you know whenever we're sitting there you know starting netflix and you know it's it's the yeah. same it's the same thing definitely yeah what well, excellent way to just recap this episode back in yes <laughs> and i'm sure before we actually wrap up i'm sure that if we do not mention burial ground with its uh, opening sequences of caves and uh, etruscan burial grounds Joachim will never forgive us so, yeah, yes yeah burial grounds bit of a cave movie as well <laughs> it is it is and by the way Jukke, if you listen to this because jason mentioned the cavern earlier in this episode and i know Jukke, that you hate the cavern so much but i think you should revisit it because it's a it's a fun little movie that's my message to our friend here i reach out as a friendly gesture no no stand back i'm your friend no 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 so there it is the cave special underground special episode of the human centipede uh, obviously, there's going to be a load more films that pop into mind now that we're done with this, but perhaps there's something in here that might tickle your imagination and make you seek it out and watch. And if you want other film recommendations, both Fred and I are on Letterboxd. Uh, look for Jason M or Fred Anderson or both. I'm sure you'll find something in our almost compulsive watching of films <laughs> that you might find interesting. Constant updates. And remember to follow us on Twitter also, Human Centipod, not the Human Centipod, just Human Centipod, and you will get the latest updates from our excellent podcast. Cool. That's about another episode in the can, as they say. <laughs> Thank you very much, Fred, for discussing these fantastic cave films with me again. Uh, stay safe, take care of each other, and... Uh, watch films. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.